Hi, everyone, and welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast it is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and what next steps do you need to take to get there. And I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and I am so glad and appreciative you decided to tune in for Episode 9 because we are going to be talking about marriage and relationships with Lisa Jacobson. Now, Lisa is the author of so many incredible books on marriage and parenting, including a brand new book called The Flirtation Experiment. So wherever you might be in your life, you may already be married or you might be thinking of it. You may be a parent or a grandparent. You know what? Wherever you are in life, we all have relationships that are important to us. And Lisa, who is also the mother of eight, yes, you heard right, and also been married for close to 30 years, I think we can learn a thing or two from Lisa Jacobson. And so now, let's not waste any more time. Welcome to Episode 9, and here is Lisa Jacobson. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So Lisa, many people uh, know of your story. There may be some who have not followed your journey. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what are you up to nowadays? Okay, well, I, um, I'm a wife to Matt Jacobson, and we've been married for almost 30 years now. And we have eight children. Our youngest is uh, going on 16, up to 28. And um, in addition to that, we have, a, my husband's a pastor of a house church and have been for the last, we've been doing that for the last 18 years. And, um, and we have an online ministry. I have club31women.com and where I just encourage women in marriage, parenting, home, faith, all those kinds of topics, because I've found that so many of us, and I'm going to speak to women in particular, just feel a little bit alone in that journey of what that looks like, could use some encouragement, practical tips. And so that's what I like to offer. Um, and as well, we've written a number of books uh, on marriage and parenting. I know that faith is important to you. Faith's important to me. For some listening, maybe not so much. And we're here to tell you that's, that's A-OK. That is just fine. How did you decide to focus your energies and your talents there? Hmm. Well, when I was a young wife and mother, I just, I felt so challenged by all the things that I was supposed to do. And I thought it would be I thought it would come more naturally. And I found myself going from a fairly successful single um, lifestyle and uh, career to this job called being a wife and mother. And I was ill-equipped and I didn't anticipate that. And I just remember thinking in those early years, I just wish I had somebody who could show me what this looked like, like how I'm to talk to my children or how I can relate to my husband, how I can invest in that. Because I literally didn't know what I was doing. And I've, I found that I'm actually not alone in that. <laughs> So that's kind of what really what's inspired me. Yeah. So what over the years, what, what are some themes that you've picked up on that, that are just timeless? Oh, I think that we can underestimate the investment that being a, a spouse, being a parent really involves. And I think we kind of look at it without being conscious of that, looking at it, this big uh, life category. And I do my work, I run my home, I pursue my interests, I take care of my uh, spouse and kids when really it's not, I don't think it's like that. I, I think it, it requires way more investment and intentionality than we realize. I also really believe with all my heart that it is so worth it. Mm. You know, when people say for just for example, people say, well, how do you find to have that much time with your husband? And I just feel like I don't have time not to have that kind of time with my husband because I found relationally, it brings peace to our home. It gives me energy when we're unified. Um, there's this mutual edification that goes on like this. It, it pays off. I mean, just practically speaking, let alone spiritually you know, speaking, it just pays off in a big way. And I, I feel like in our 
I can say this in our modern culture, we've kind of lost sight of that and almost look at it as just like, I've got this time, this and energy, and I just kind of dice it up rather than really thinking about what really matters. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing that I've observed, I'm curious if you've seen this, it feels like uh, things have become a little bit more transactional with relationships in that maybe the last couple of years that's, that's happened. And would you agree with that, that the whole notion of working at it and putting effort into relationships that maybe we've lost a little bit of that art or that value on relationships? I think so. I think there used to be a time in just communities where that's just what people did. They hung out together as families and they went in and did things with the community. It was, it was actually a little bit more just like kind of what everybody did with us taking it for granted. And now we're in this place where that's, that setup has kind of dissolved a bit. And so we have to be way more intentional in pursuing our um, relationships. And that goes from husband, children, friendships, church, and what are, where those relationships are in a, in a way that we didn't have to be intentional before. Yeah. So you've, you've authored uh, several books, you and Matt have, and, and uh, also we'll talk about your new book here in a second. What are some of the principles uh, behind developing these relationships with your kids? And it's not fair to even ask how do you sum it up in just a few, but if you, if you had to just kind of talk just a bit about what are some of those principles that just transcend that for parents to kid, how do you develop these strong relationships? Mm -hmm. I think so often we, I mean, we love our kids and, um, and our kids even know that they're loved, but are they really liked? And, and I've just talked to so many adults. I know Matt and I've had this conversation with ourselves where you go, well, I know I was loved growing up, but I never really felt liked. And I never, I didn't feel valued as a person, even though, that wasn't the case, but if a child doesn't feel that, it almost doesn't matter, right? And so we really tried to boil it down to what are some of these things we can do that communicate, I like you. And it goes from everything to, I wanna spend time with you, to I see what kind of person you are, um, calling out their gifts, building them up, all of that kind of um, just positive communication. But more than that, it's, it's a genuine, I see you. You're not just one of the kids. You're a, a special person that God put in my life. You know, when you say that, it sounds so common sense and so natural. But I, I can speak for myself. I don't do, I do not, I do not do that enough uh, as a parent of three. Now they're grown children. But um, why? What gets in the way of parents doing that? It seems like so natural. But that's a really good wake-up call. Love versus like. Yeah. Well, I, because we have so much coming at us all the time, I I do think it's easy to get lost and, and we comfort ourselves with, we know we love our kids. And I would just challenge that. I don't think that's enough. And uh, the books that we've written, like the hundred ways to love your son, hundred ways to love your daughter. It's just full of literally a hundred practical ways to communicate love to your child. I like you. I want to be with you. And we've had so many people go experience pro parents go, you know what? I'll flip through your book. And then they go, you know what? I don't remember last time I went on a hike with my son or I haven't done anything with my daughter. And, you know, I think about it in a while, that kind of a thing. So it's just a good reminder. And it's also, I think we can embrace these big concepts. We can go, oh yes, I know I need to do this, but breaking it down into small practical steps and ideas is sometimes what we need to go. Okay. This is what I do. I, I, and I I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody. I just this week, I was telling my husband, um, I called our 19-year-old son who lives out of the home now and 
asked him out for lunch on Friday because I thought, you know what? He and I haven't done one-on-one time since he moved out, which was months ago. Yeah. Um, And I need to do that. Yeah. You know, for those that are listening in that maybe you're in your car and you're at work and you're just dealing with the busyness of life. Yeah. Just think about perhaps um, your, your children and how could you implement some of these practical steps that show that you not only love your children, because of course you do. That's why you're working so hard. That's why, Mm -hmm. but how can you really affirm them and show them that you really like them? And uh, Lisa, it feels like we just need to be a little bit more intentional about each one of our children, no matter what their age is, maybe, you know, hover over them just a little bit and consider what do they need from me as their parent right now? Am I getting close? Yes, you are definitely getting close. The other thing I will add to that is even just thinking what's, what that children, child values, whether they're four or whether they're 40, even I would say, like, what would mean, what be meaningful to them? And that's something I've tried to spend a lot of time thinking through each of our children, you know, one might prefer a phone call, one might prefer a text, one wants, you know, lunch or dinner. So just even spending a few extra minutes thinking, okay, I know this is what I would like, but what do I know about them and what they would value? Yeah, no, that's great advice. Really good advice. Now, I, I, uh, you also have written a new book that is called The Flirtation Experiment. I, I just want to dive into this. Tell us about this particular book. Why did you write it? of all the topics, right? And of all the titles, why this particular one? Well, my uh, friend, Felicia, who's younger than I am, and she's one of my writers on Club 31 Women, she called me up one day and she said, okay, Lisa, I've been doing this thing to just add some spark and closeness to my marriage that I feel has been lacking. And they've been married about seven years. And she said, I call it the flirtation experiment. And right there, I was just thinking, okay, this is phenomenal. I can already tell. And then she just shared a little bit about this experiment she'd been doing. And I just started laughing. I just said, oh yeah, I'm a professional flirt. That's like one of the secrets to my marriage. (laughs) And and that's what started our conversation uh, about this idea being on a couple levels. One is that the wife um, can, and really we believe should pursue their husband and pursue the kind of marriage they want. Um, I think especially in Christian circles, there's a bit of a, uh, a sense that, that women should just wait for the man to initiate and lead. And, you know, I'm all for initiating and leading, but we find in the Bible, it's just clear that a woman has um, invitation and even is encouraged to do so, mm-hmm. to reach out and, um, and find that, that uh, love, closeness spark that they desire and you don't have to feel helpless so it you know it started off when we did this uh, experiment that it was uh, we didn't let our husbands know we were doing this and um, we just picked a, a each week an experiment that we were going to do and it had to be specific like you know like if, as if we were scientists you know had to be specific what's your goal and document your results and your disappointments as well as your successes and um, so we had good fun with it but it turned out to be so much more than even we anticipated um, and in our marriage and, and I think even more importantly, in some ways in ourselves, like you didn't see that coming. Like you, of course, can I say this, but you often go, I can't wait for him to change. Right. That's just, <laughs> yes, it's just yes. way, it's just very natural to think that way. So we were very surprised that sometimes, in fact, often we were the ones that changed in a good way. Yeah. So. 
Well, okay. So I've been married 32 years. I'm really proud of that. And uh, Michelle and I have worked at it, but you know, marriage is, you know, you get, you got to work at it. There are, there are, <laughs> there are highs and lows, but you get through it. Right. Um, so I'm, I, I have to go further though. What did you, when you talk about that, the, your methodology, um, what you did week by week, give us some examples of what those were and what were some of the outcomes of that? I've got to know. Okay, so here's an example that comes to mind is um, I was at a grocery store and I was just really stressed and busy and I the cashier was just taking her sweet time and was very grumpy and I was annoyed with her because I'm just thinking, lady, I got to get to this line and I thought, you know what, I'm a Christian, I need to be um, showing kindness to her and here I am just so by the time I got up to my, uh, to when it was my turn to check out, I just, you know, how are you doing? And I just greeted her warmly and it just changed everything. Like by the time I checked out, she, you know, I don't think it changed her life, but she felt better. I felt better. And I knew it was the right thing to do. And I get home and, and my husband called and said, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm running late. Um, we're not going to make that appointment that we had made. You're going to have to reschedule. And right away, I'm just ready to blow a gasket, you know? <laughs> And, um, and then that, that conversation and conviction I'd had just a little bit earlier that day, I thought, oh, can I express the kind of kindness that I did to that stranger in the grocery store to my own husband? And I thought, okay, I'm going to just try being kind and just saying, okay, I understand. And I know these things happen. I'm sure you tried your best and let's reschedule. And it's like, there's silence over the phone. It's like, really? whoa, <laughs> but so that was the experiment on kindness. And that was a starting point because kindness is obviously a lifetime endeavor. But that idea of I'm going to be intentional about being kind to this man I live with is at least as kind as I would be to a stranger in a grocery store. Wow, that is a great point. And isn't that the truth, though? Sometimes we are, we're more kind and show more grace to acquaintances or to strangers mm -hmm. than we do to the people that we love the most in our life. That's what we do. So then I'll add another thing that that's part of this experiment. And that is the, um, the power of having fun together of laughing. And I, you know, we use the word flirting. It's a, it's a broader word than that. It's not just the frivolous kind of flirting. It's actually more intentional flirting, but there is huge power in that. And I, again, in this modern day that we live in, we get so heavy with so many things. So we have to sit down, we have to talk about the finances and what we're going to do with the kids and the home renovations and all of those things. And then we wonder why we're just not as excited about each other as we used to be. And I guess that's why I consider this the secret sauce, so to speak, in our own marriage too, that this idea of laughing together, putting everything aside and just having fun um, and remembering that you enjoy each other. Yeah. It, it just kind of, it covers a multitude of sins for, you know, to use the term loosely, but it really does. It's, it's got a secret glue to it so that when you do have those hard conversations or that difficult thing to work with, you've got this, this little pocket of joy that, that, that kind of helps smooth that way. And, and that's what, um, that's a lot, well, what I didn't see coming was how much that would help us in just enjoying one another and working through the hard things. Yeah, well, look, life is so busy. I know what I know what many people are probably thinking is like, yeah, that I would schedule time for fun, but uh, well, I just don't have time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how how do you then get more intentional? Uh, what what advice do you have based on your experience? Well, I just was talking with a good friend uh, not too long ago, and their marriage was, you know, the, 
they're functional, but definitely yeah. that's, that's about all she would describe it as. And I she said, oh, we got to talk through this and we got to work through that. And I just said, you know, I would just recommend that you just take one evening, you plan it all out. Just tell them you want them from four to 10 on Friday night and, and make a pact that you're not going to talk about any business, anything, like just literally nothing other than you two, maybe your dreams or just fun things. And she's like, okay, you know, we'll see. And she came back after that weekend and said, it was amazing how good that was for us and how these big problems that we thought were so looming just seemed so much smaller after enjoying each other and um, how good it was for us. And in that case, you know, instead of waiting for him to maybe find time in his schedule, she's the one that set it all up and she did the kinds of things that she would like to do. And, um, and it blessed them both. So mm. that's a, that's the beauty of, I think of that. We were made for love and relationship, joy, kindness. These are all things I think all of us feel innately that can get lost in what the world says it values, which is, is, you know, success. I'm not anti-success in any way, obviously, <laughs> but that it can get lost in these other big projects or goals when when really there's hardly, I believe, anything sweeter than having a peaceful relationship. Doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be, um, yeah, doesn't have to be perfect, but but just loving and kind. And that goes with your, in your marriage, it goes in with your children, your friendships, your community. Those are really powerful things that, that are almost hard to put on paper. What I need once in a while is just to read said, you know what, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate, and depending on, right, whether it's how hard I'm working or what I'm doing, or I just really value that. And that, that one, I can remember specific instances in our marriage when Michelle has said, hey, I just want you to know, I really appreciate how hard you're working for the family. Yeah. Lisa, I got to tell you, um, yeah. that was worth more than any paycheck, anything that kept that, that just, I can still remember where I was when she said that. Do you think I'm uh, unique in that? Uh, or you say, no, that's, that's, that's welcome to the, fl- the uh, flirtation experiment. Yeah, no, those words of affirmation are so powerful. Even when I hear people saying, well, that's not my husband's love language, or that's not my love language. This is what I would say. I'm, you know, I think there's value in the love languages, but I don't know anyone who doesn't want or need to hear that I value you, I see you, I appreciate you, I notice this. And it does, it, I think it's, there's a inner need in all of us to be recognized that way, but especially by the people around us, like our, you know, our spouse or even our children or parents. And there's a power there that's far beyond the stranger out there. You know, I can get, I don't know how many likes or comments on my Instagram account, but you know, when my husband walks in and says, I see your sacrifice, like uh, I'll just take that a hundred times over, you know, a viral post or whatever. Yeah. Oh, great point. And that, that gets right back to our kids as well. Um, I was talking to a mentor of mine and he was making the point that in his opinion, um, adolescent boys, men, young men are really, really hungry for the affirmation and our daily reminder. I don't think it's about boys or men, but a daily affirmation reminder that you are so special in this world. 
And I cannot imagine this world without you and the talents you bring to our family and to the world. And um, that really spoke to me. And, and just a reminder that I think we all need that. And, and especially now, uh, our kids, uh, our children need to hear those words every single day from someone important in their life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There was a time a few years ago, I have four sons and uh, my son was about maybe 12 at the time. And he was what we have chickens. So he was washing the eggs and he was in the laundry room washing them. And I could just, I don't know, I could just see him sort of discouraged. And he felt like life was just a little bit of a hamster wheel for him at the, you know, in that season. And I came up behind him and this is not something I'm good at, something I'm growing in. Um, My husband's really good at it. So I kind of learned a lot from watching him, but I just came and I put my hand on his shoulder and I just said, son, I believe that you are going to do big things in life. And I thought, oh, he's going to like laugh at me or shrug me off. I don't know what I was expecting, but I just, but he actually just stopped and turned around. He said, mom, do you really think so? Wow. I said, I do. I really do. And you just saw him just straighten up and like just walked taller after that one sentence, you know, spoken. Um, So I didn't really grow up at home like that. So this whole idea of like speaking positive words or words of affirmation was uncomfortable for me at first, but oh, it's so worth learning and doing because it is, it does speak powerfully. Right. And especially in today's world with social media, the social uh, comparison is, well, I went to a high school with 30 kids in it, Lisa. And I remember the social pressure from just being surrounded by 30 kids. And now our kids are surrounded by thousands of (laughs) people on social media and uh, all these messages. If there's ever a time for parents, for um, families to rally around each other with those statements, it's now, isn't it? Yeah, I I so see that. I I think back the same thing, think back to my childhood. And I can remember, I can remember exact words that were said to me about me to this day. I mean, Mm. decades later, and you just think, boy, those voices were powerful. And imagine the kids now and how many voices they're hearing, just exponential, right? And so as a parent, I just want my goal to be that my voice, our voices are the loudest, the most frequent, the clearest in their lives as much as possible. And that's why I don't want to leave it at the chance that they just know, you know, of course they know we think they're great, or of course we appreciate this about them. I just really don't want to leave any doubt in their minds. So again, for those that are listening in, I would encourage you to, uh, whoever you're thinking of right now, uh, write that name down, uh, have, have some type of a, a system in your, in your daily routine where you are making it part of your ritual, that you are intentionally reaching out and, and to your children or your spouse and to take some of these principles that, that Lisa's talking about. It sounds like it could change everything here, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope so. I really do. So listen, you are a, uh, you've been married for 30 plus years. You're a mother of eight. Oh my goodness. Um, I'd, we, what advice do you have for young parents married? Uh, what advice do you have for them about how to, how to develop these meaningful relationships in every season of life? I would, uh, a couple of things. One is no matter what your past or upbringing, it's never too late to start anew. So I really believe that that it's always a fresh day and a fresh start and you don't need to let the past define you or your family. And secondly, I wouldn't just leave it up to you. You hope it falls into place because I would say it, it 
rarely falls into place. It, that being your relationships, that, that closeness, that loving interaction that you desire, go ahead and be the one that's willing to do the hard work of investing and being intentional. And there's nothing wrong. In fact, I encourage you, especially if you're new to this way of even thinking of just writing out those specifics, like writing out, I'm going to tell my son this today. I'm going to write out this letter to my husband and I'm going to read it to him tonight after dinner. Um, and you might feel awkward. You might feel silly, but it a hundred percent of the time I, I've found that the response way uh, far exceeds you know, any uh, uncomfortableness on my part um, because of the power it's spoken to my family, my friends, um, and the people in my life. Wow. Uh, just that one that I love the example of writing that letter. I mean, there is power in that. It, I imagine, Lisa, for the person writing the letter, I haven't done it, by the way, I need to, but it, it clarifies your thoughts uh, as far as what you appreciate most about this individual and, and the receiver just loves that as well. And um, so you did that. And then the reaction from Matt was positive, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He actually has a whole box now of letters. That, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that we've kept. Um, I tease him that he's going to just have his box in his rocking chair if, the, you know, if he lives so long and just have his. <laughs> but it don't we like all. Another, sounds like a new book coming up. He's going to publish yeah. those letters. That, that's That's beautiful. Yeah. And they don't have to be eloquent. I think sometimes that holds us back, you know, as well. We feel like we have to be, but you know what, as a receiver, you don't need it to be eloquent, right? You no. just want to know that, that they care about you, that they recognize your worth. Lisa, uh, what, what are you working on right now? That's bringing you just so much joy and passion. What are some of the projects you're most excited about? Uh, I'm working on a marriage devotional and uh, we're right in the middle of it. It's a, actually my husband is too. We're doing a his and hers. So he's writing to the husbands, I'm writing to the wives, and we have the same topic each day, but from a, from our personal perspectives. Oh, nice. So it might be hope, it might be joy, uh, kindness, all these kinds of things we've talked about, but we break it into little uh, pieces. So it's just for the week, you're going to focus on this, but you're both like, ideally you're both focusing on those same things. You're both thinking about hope all week. What does hope look like in our relationship? What does hope look like in our home? And so I'm really excited about that. I've not seen anybody do this. And, um, and I guess one of my, you probably pick this up. One of my passions is to take these big concepts and really figure out how it looks like on a Tuesday morning or Friday evening, you know, just because so many of us embrace the ideas, but want to know what it, what it looks like in just small little steps that add up over time. Yeah. You know, there's power in that too. I mean, these consistent small steps done consistently <laughs> can transform uh, everything. Uh, Lisa, how, how should we follow you? Uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you, stay in touch with you and attract your progress in some of these things? Okay. Well, I'm at club31women.com. That's my website. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, the same, uh, same handle club 31 women. So basically you can find me in any of those places. Um, I'm probably most active on Instagram these days, uh, if that's a place you're at, but I'm on those other platforms as well. Well, listen, everybody, I would encourage you to make sure you do uh, get in touch, follow Lisa, some great work you're doing. And Lisa, on this podcast, you've given us some really practical insights on how we can develop more meaningful relationships day by day uh, throughout our entire lives. So thank you very much for being part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Wow, I love that conversation with Lisa. Just so many great tips and hints we can all put into practice. That's my challenge to you. What are the one or two things that you will put into practice based on what you heard in this conversation? I've got about... <laughs> 10. So, but I'm going to try to narrow that down. Um, and everyone share this with those in your life that are important to you. And also you can follow me at Darren Johnson one on Instagram. I would love to hear from you how are these podcasts working for you. Also take part in the, I dare you podcast community. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at I dare you pod. Thank you again for listening in the nine episodes under our belt and get ready for episode 10 next week. Thanks for being part of these conversations and thanks for listening to the I Dare You podcast.